If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Jax Robert Scott, a.k.a. Georgie from It, and you're listening to Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Well, I'm Pennywise the Dancing Cloud. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate the support. Just want to give a quick shout-out to our social medias real quick and our website, don'tgooutthere.com. You'll find all of our interviews, episodes, uh, celebrity intros, and our store if you want to buy any merchandise. And our social media, just, you know, don't go out there. Just search for that, and you'll see Brian's awesome graphic he made for us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And one more uh, little thirsty thing I want to ask real quick is we're seven iTunes ratings away from 100. Uh, if you have an iPhone, if you could just give us a quick five-star rating, we'd really appreciate that. And earlier this year, Mike, Mike kind of brought this up. He said, why don't we this summer review the two new It movies? So... These are those two weeks. Tonight, we're going to be reviewing 2017's It Chapter 1. Uh, brother Mike, would you like to go first on your general overview? Uh, yeah, brother. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Um, all right. So, I did like the idea of doing it in the summer because you know, both these movies were released late summer. They were kind of like the summer horror movie. Uh, and this, the first one was, <laughs> it made so much damn money. And I felt like if we're going to do It and we're going to do Pennywise and we need to do the movies first, we can review the miniseries down the road because I have a ton of problems with that. But overall, I I really enjoy this movie. I think it. I don't think it's scary, but I think that it does a good job of 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 trying to be scary. If that makes sense, I think Pennywise the Clown is great, and I do mean great. Uh, I don't know what you call him. I guess villain, antagonist, whatever. I think Bill Skarsgård is phenomenal. I think the cast of kids is perfect. I think every. I like every single kid in this movie. I think they're great. I. Uh, and I like I like the story direction. Again, obviously we're pulling from Stephen King's novel and somewhat from the miniseries a little bit. But I think the like the biggest flaw in this movie is its length. I think a lot of people can agree with that. This one not as much as Chapter Two, which we'll get into. But I uh, but overall, I really 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 enjoy this movie. I can pop it in any time. It's a long watch, but but I can uh, pretty much stand it for the most part. Go ahead, Dustin. 
Yeah, I kind of agree with a, a lot of what Mike said there. Um, I'm a big Stephen King fan personally. I like a lot of Stephen King books. I like a lot of Stephen King movies, even though a lot of the movies aren't very well received and reviewed. That doesn't bother me. I like them just because of what they are. Uh, this was no exception. I, I think that this one is the best of the Stephen King movies, at least what I've seen. And I'm not counting The Shining in that because Stephen King had so many differences with the creative direction of The Shining. So it's hard to consider that, you know, his movie. Um, but as far as ones that stay pretty true, this is probably the best adaptation that you can find. And I'm a big fan of this movie. I agree 100%, though. My major flaw with this film is the length. It is too damn long. And yes. the second one is too goddamn long. Yeah, I was so, going to say, it's too motherfucking long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that being said, when you take it for what it is, it's still, th that doesn't detract from the quality of the movie. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't make you hate the movie, dislike the movie at all. It's just there are scenes that could be cut out. And we'll get into that when we get to the scene by scene. But overall... I really enjoy this film. I agree. It's not really a scary movie, but it is scary if you're afraid of clowns. And I know people that right. are afraid of clowns in it. It'll really fuck with you in that regard if you have phobias that are exploited in this film. And th that being said, I agree the the kid casting was perfect. Bill Skarsgård was perfect. And uh, the the dialogue was written perfectly. The, the setting was done perfectly. There's a lot of things that are just so well done in this film that – Overall, it's a really damn good film. All right, I'll go next real quick. Um, to nobody's surprise, I hadn't seen <laughs> the original miniseries, and I hadn't seen either of these two movies. Uh, I had a friend, all, you know, we're all, we all met on Twitter. One other Twitter friend, she asked me if I wanted to go see It Chapter 2, and I said, well, I haven't even seen the first one yet. So I rented it on Amazon. You know, I kind of, you know, it was late at night. I was kind of tired, so I didn't get to pay attention like I did this for this most recent viewing. I think this movie is great, honestly. Uh, like they said, this I love Stranger Things. I like the Goonies. I like Stand By Me. Yep. And you get a lot of those vibes with these kids, the connection they have, their bond, their friendship. Uh, it's awesome. Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise, he's he's honestly incredible. And when you watch his interviews and see his face, how, how good he is with his facial expressions, it's even magnified with the you know makeup and costume. It's, it's incredible. Uh, I really enjoy this movie. And I'm looking forward to breaking it down. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I actually fucking love this movie. And when I say that, you know, I view chapter one and two, the movies, as like one film because, you know, just it just being one big, long book, which I absolutely love the book, by the way. But, you know, even in the book, I liked this part where they were kids, you know, a little bit more. So I'm more partial to the first uh, the first hit movie here. Um, you know, I'm very glad they left out stuff out of the movie, you know, and changed a few things. And we'll get into that later. But, you know, stuff like the underage, you know, gangbang and the magic turtle and and all the stuff that was in the book. I'm 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 very glad that they left out of this. But, you know, seriously, Stephen King can kind of write some fucked up shit. Yeah. But uh, I know it being too long is a complaint. But, you know, I'm one of those people. Me and Dustin were just talking about this off air. I'm one of those people where it doesn't I, I don't mind it being this long, um, you know, because I love it and I want every single aspect I can get in the movie. And I kind of compared that to Lord of the Rings fans. You know, if you're a, a diehard Lord of the Rings fan, which I'm not really, I was like, man, this movie's long as hell. Yep. But if you're a diehard Lord of the Rings fan, you're like, man, can this movie be six hours long and give me <laughs> that extended super 
super big long cut, you know. So that's kind of how I feel about this. I mean, I could watch this for another three hours and it not it not bother me at all. I want to see the super super long cut that that uh the the director is talking about doing, you know, and just having them both together and adding some more scenes and stuff. I want to see that, but uh, you know, and and the '90s miniseries, I grew up with that, and it has its place, but. It's to me, it's not even a comparison to me. You know, they finally, to me, did this movie right. right. You know, it's mm-hmm. not on TV. It's not trying to, you know, dumb down, you know, violence and things like that. The, the miniseries has its place, like I said. And, you know, Tim Curry, he was great, but this is not even close to me. They finally, they finally did this movie right, and I love, or this book right, and I love this movie, especially this chapter. Yeah, before we jump into the scene, I want to say one more thing about, like Brian mentioned, director, uh, Andy Machetti, Machetti, however you say the last name. Um, the only other movie that I know of that he's directed is Mama, and I love Mama. That's a great horror movie. He wrote it, directed it. That movie is phenomenal. I love that. We're going to review that down the road, too, but the the, the cinematography is great in both films. So I'm I really lo- I'm, a, I'm a fan of his work. And, and Anybody got any other? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, before you go again, Nico, I want to piggyback. I, I think you all kind of touched on it, and Nico, you did specifically. It just has that Goonies, Stand by Me, Stranger Things, like '80s kids coming of age vibe set with a horror killer clown. Like it, it's very, it's very two for one, if you know what I mean. Like it's got that that traditional, you know, all those movies that I just mentioned, and then you put that in the backdrop of a horror movie, and I think that's why it's it's probably. I'm, I mean, I'm going to spoil it, even though we're still going to review two next week. I prefer this one over the second one because yeah, right. everyone has already kind of gone through this, at least all of us, that coming of age, that growing up. We, we, we just didn't have a damn shape-shifting killer clown coming after us, thank God. Well, if you never mind. I, I won't make the joke. Go ahead. <laughs> Y'all ready to jump into scene by scene? Let's do it. Uh, we're just going to do the opening scene because – by God, this opening scene is incredible to me. Yeah. Uh, the film the film starts with some opening credits and outside shots in the rain of Georgie and Bill's house. Bill is making a boat for Georgie. Bill says he doesn't feel well, so he doesn't want to go outside with him. He sends Georgie to the cellar to get the wax. And then we get another shot of outside, and it just says October 1988. The light's not working, so when Georgie goes downstairs to the cellar, he goes in the dark. He thinks he sees some eyes... But he gets a flashlight and he realizes it's not. I think it's just a couple light bulbs. Bill Bill finishes up the boat. He puts the wax on it so it'll float. Uh, Georgie, he hugs Bill and puts on his raincoat to go play with the boat outside. He chases it down the curb, having a blast until the boat goes into the runoff drain. He now meets Pennywise the clown. He asks if he wants the boat in a balloon. He then introduces himself after Georgie says he's not supposed to talk to strangers. A woman goes to her porch and sees Georgie looking into the sewer. Uh, popcorn is both of their favorite that because uh, Pennywise asks if he likes all the uh, circus food. Pennywise holds the boat and Georgie reaches for it. And then Pennywise grabs his arm and he bites it off. Georgie goes to crawl away, but Pennywise's arm comes out and pulls him into the drain. The woman now only sees blood where Georgie was. This opening scene, I really didn't do it just with my breakdown because you got to watch this scene. It's great. It's the, just the introduction of Pennywise is amazing. Uh, Mike, do you want to go first? Opening scene? Yeah, man, I'll go first. So right off the bat, you get you, you know you get some relatability with Bill and 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 Georgie. You get that that 
that that big brother, little brother, uh, uh, little brother thing, big brother not wanting to play with the little brother. But you, you know, you kind of feel bad for Georgie on one hand, but on the other hand, you've also been, you know, the big brother too, where you're like, eh, I'm good. And it's just, you know, the littlest little lie. So he goes outside and plays by himself. And look, I, I think the cinematography here is great. The way they shoot this is phenomenal. Like it, it, and that's what we talk about, Brian. Like you mentioned, the miniseries just being kind of its own thing. This is a like well-made fucking movie. Like big budget, a lot of money into it, where you can see it pay off in some of these scenes right here. The rain is used great, and I love Bill Skarsgård in this scene. He's so creepy, and not even in like the clown way and the freaking creepy pedophile way. It, I mean, he he plays it so well, and the eyes, the way they shoot Bill Skarsgård here is just so damn good, and. The voice, the voice that he chose to use for his Pennywise, that's the only thing that every now and then can kind of get me a little bit. That voice is so creepy. I love the way he uses it. And then, you know, I'm glad that we get to see the death of Georgie. And I know why they didn't do it in the miniseries. It, so you get to see, uh, you know, he is a killer clown. So, that, that you know, preys on kids. Probably a good idea to show a kid death, as I've mentioned on this show before. It, it makes it more impactful. And I love, I just love the interaction, the we're not strangers anymore. And then, Oh my God, that's so creepy. I, I love this scene. I think it's great. It's one of, it, you know, once you get Georgie walking outside and playing on his own, it is, I'm hooked, man. I am, I am, I, I sink right into it. Great. A great opening scene. Yeah. It's, it's a very dark opening and I can't say enough about this opening either. I, I love it. It's one of the great ones in my opinion. I mean, you've got the rain, the lightning, everything about it is ominous as hell, right down to their mom playing that creepy Disney World haunted house piano music for you right at the beginning. Um, this, the cinematography is amazing. Um, you feel like you're running down the road with Georgie um, and running with him uh, before he runs into that uh, that police marker, too. But it's I, I can't say enough about that. And I will say thank, thanks to Dustin for this, because ever since our uh, uh, Friday 13th Part 6 review, I pretty much think of Dave Chappelle jumping up anytime a slasher comes on. So, so when Georgie lost his boat and said, Bill's going to kill me, I thought, oh, well, if you mean Bill Skarsgård, gotcha, bitch. So, yes. But, man, him crawling with no arm, man, those effects. Who, I mean, and he's such a he's such a cute kid, dude. So it just quickly shows you that this is not like the dumbed-down miniseries like Mike said you're watching. Like It really gets right to the point right off the bat. And, you know, in all seriousness, these kid actors, we've talked about it, and I'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it the rest of the review. These kid actors are the best I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jackson Robert Scott, who played Georgie, for doing the opening to our episode, by the way. Thank you. Um, but every single one of them is amazing in this film. And Bill Skarsgård, whew, I mean, only four minutes of dialogue this entire film. And you can't. You know, as a as a casting director, you can't mess this casting up like you have to find the perfect Pennywise because, you know, everybody's anticipating this finally done film after all these years. And I don't think they couldn't have got a They couldn't have gotten a better one. Not even Ethan Hawke, Dustin, you know, maybe, oh. Brad, maybe, Brad, maybe, <laughs> Come on. maybe Brad, maybe Brad Pitt. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Come Brad Pitt would have done great here. You know who to, else would have done there. great? <laughs> David Arquette. Who's that? Oh, okay. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, to, to get that too, by the way, you have to I quit. Some I'm out. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, last thing, fun fact, it took him about three hours to get on his makeup, uh, Pennywise makeup every morning, which still sucks. But based on our interviews with people like Robert England, 
don't go out there.com. You can listen to that. Um, <laughs> they would actually have gotten, you know, three, you know, they would have gladly taken three hours. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. And it's funny you said that cause I actually read. So the first couple times they did, it actually took about five hours until they got it down pat. Then they got in rhythm and they shaved about an hour and a half off. Like you said there. Um, but as far as opening scenes, man, this, this is perfect for a horror movie. You get that dark, ominous feel with the weather that they set, the, you know, the, the setting the mood of the film, which is perfect because the rest of the film is relatively sunny and fair weather. And so I love that they gave it to you right away to get you in and then didn't rely on it too heavily like a lot of horror films do. Um, Georgie is perfectly cast, just the cutest little boy in the world. And he actually is believable in his uh, delivery of his lines, which is hard to do when you're dealing with children that age sometimes. I think that he did a great job acting. I can't lie. Every single time he runs into that barricade, I rewinded about three or four times and laughed my <laughs> ass off. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I don't know why, but it's it's just it's hilarious to me. Um, but then, yeah, the the way that Pennywise is introduced, just the ominous feel of his eyes appearing, his eyes changing colors, which is a nod to the uh, to the original miniseries in the book. There, um, it changed from like yellow to green. Uh, it, it's just so creepy as hell. And the way that he preys on the innocence of a little kid, I got a balloon for you. Come down. And you know, it's just so fucking creepy. And the special effects when he grabs Georgie's arm and the way his mouth opens up and all the teeth emerge, just fantastic special effects there. That's how CGI is done. Right. Unlike the ending of see no evil. And I want to say that that uh, that old lady on the porch is a real piece of shit because she walks outside because it's really coming down and she raises her blinds up so they don't blow away. She sees a little boy in the drain and it says saying, hey, little boy, get away from the drain. It's storming. Go inside. She just goes back in and then she comes back outside, sees a pool of blood and is like, ah, fuck it. Like, what kind of neighbor is that? Um, but, yeah, these scenes are phenomenal. Uh, you know, setting the tone is is paramount to a successful movie. If you, if you blow the opening scene nine times out of 10, you've blown the movie and they got, they, they got a a 12 out of 10 here on this opening scene. I think this was brilliantly done. Absolutely. And one thing I really like is the fact that Pennywise already knew Georgie's brother's name too. And Georgie didn't like catch on to it. Like, like in a creepy way, he just kind of just kept going along with it. I really like that too. Uh, has anybody else got any final thoughts on the opening scene before we move on? No, uh, but Mike hasn't given anybody a uh, a go to hell uh, in a long time, and that that lady on the porch seems like she needs. To oh, she can go stuff. right to hell. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> she can get she can get all the way the fuck out. Like you know how our show is called "Don't Go Out There." No, I want her to go out there and get fucking eaten. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, June nineteen eighty nine. We get some aerial shots of the countryside. Uh, Mike is working on a farm as like I just wrote as a sheep killer, but he's hesitant. And then Creighton Duke, my uh, you know Mike and Brian's man, Creighton Duke, yes, using the beach on the be- on the two places you can be in the world. And now we're at school and class is dismissed. We meet four of our stars and the bullies. Beverly is harassed by Greta and others in the bathroom. They pour trash juice all over in the bathroom. Uh, the boys dump all their books in the trash cans. The bullies mess with them, but refrain from, you know, really hurting them when they see the cops are watching. Now we meet new kid Ben, and he has a crush on Beverly. He likes new kids on the block. 
She's the only one who signs his yearbook. Bill gets home and his dad is really pissed off. Bill made like a replica, like sewer tunnel. His dad, his dad yells at him. He's dead. There's nothing we can do. He rips the blueprints down and he takes them back to his office. Mike is on his bike now heading to town. He hides in an alley when he sees the bully's car. He sees a door open to like the butcher shop and he sees like these hands coming out of it. Then this door flings open. We see Pennywise in the back behind like those, you know, supermarket doors or whatever, those little hanging blinds. The bull- Then all of a sudden the bullies drive past and yell, get out of my town. I think that's got some racial overtones to it. Uh, the butcher okay. comes out to see if he's all right. Stanley is in the synagogue reading, and his dad, the rabbi, says to put the book back since it's obvious he's not using it. Stanley, he straightens up this, this crooked painting on the wall, and then he puts the book on the shelf. And then the painting, it falls off the wall, and then the lights start to flicker. He notices that this woman, the, the woman image on the, that was on the painting, isn't there anymore. And we see the image, you know, that woman's hands behind them, and then it drops something on the ground. And then it smiles and it lunges at him and he runs out of the office. That's the next two scenes I got wrote down. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, yeah. So I, uh, first of all, shout out to Creighton Duke, my man. Uh, but also <laughs> I want to backtrack real quick. You know, if things were different, you know, if I were in a different life here, I might have to tell Bill Skarsgård to call me sometime. All right. Anyway. So what? real quick, uh, what? <laughs> I said, if, if things were different, you know, I, I, anyways, so, Look, look, man crush is a man crush. Well, what are you going to do? All right. So, okay. Okay. God Mike damn. And his dad, so, so I like, uh, I like all the, like, I like the way they casted these bullies. Like, they, they, I don't know if it's just, you know, how they're, how they're costumed or whatever, but they look like bullies. And, and, you know, some of them I recognize from other stuff. So that's always kind of fun to be like, oh, that's the kid from blah, 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 blah. Like, I like, I, I really, knowing what we get in chapter two, I love the casting of these kids. Like, just, it's, it's, Freaking perfect, man! The way they all turned out. But uh, so that's what I think every time I see the bullies. And again, I love Ben. Like he, he, like I was a little fat kid, so I'm rooting for the little fat kid, obviously. So I have that, you know, that thing. I want Ben to get Beverly. That's what I wanted the whole time. And then, um, you know, Mike and the all the stuff. There was definitely some racial overtones, which you mentioned, Nico. And I think the kind of I don't know if I needed it, but it was the '80s, so I understand it. Stanley in the painting is the is really the only negative I take away. Like there's not like a to me there's not like a lot here. There you know there's some dialogue and you know you're setting up some story and some character development. But Stanley in the painting, it's not that I don't like the you know the painting getting creepy with him. I but the CGI here, you know, we've talked about it before. Yeah, you can't really do this without CGI, but the CGI here really bugs me. And there's a lot of CGI in this movie that really bugs me. It's not because it's CGI. It's because there's a lot of CGI. It's even worse in the second one, so I don't want to criticize the first one too much. But some of the the way they use the CGI with the woman in the painting, I'm not a big fan of. Um, that's not scary to me, and I don't know who who it, who it is scary to. It, it just looks kind of funny, you know. We talked about it in the Conjuring two episode, I believe, where you know the minute we saw some of the you know the demons they were using, it's like okay, that's not scary at all. So it's kind of how I felt with, with this woman in the painting. But when you first get to see the full get up. You know, in this collection scene, you get to see the full getup of Bill Skarsgård as Pennywise. Man, he's the costume is great. Everything is so fucking great about the way he plays Pennywise. I I love that about it. But one negative takeaway would be the painting. Just it's a little too much CGI for me. But overall, I like this collection scene. 
Well, uh, and both of you are absolutely correct about the racial overtones because, you know, in the book, and they don't really hammer uh, away at it very much in the movie, but, you know, in the book, um, Henry Bauer's dad is a, like, I think he's a farmer. He's definitely not a cop, but I think he's a farmer and he's a super, super racist towards Mike and, and Mike's family. So I think that that's kind of where that was, you know, a little bit, but you, without reading the book, you would have never known that part. Um, and there's, there's some more, I think, you know, I've got in my notes for, for later on with the, uh, with Henry's dad. But uh, as far as these scenes, you know, again, I can't say enough about these kid actors and, you know, I, Nico touched on it a little bit. Obviously this book had huge influence on stranger things and I love both of them. Um, actually the, the, uh, a lot of the Richie and the Eddie banter between the kids was improv. So that actually makes it even, even better knowing that, that, that was a lot of that wasn't even scripted. Um, there's a, and there, and there's, you know, there's actually a deleted scene where uh, Ben gets Henry in trouble uh, for cheating on some test, and uh, now Henry's got to go to summer school, and so that, <clears throat> so that's actually the real reason why Henry's actually looking for Ben after class. There, I mean, yeah, he's a psychopath, but that's like the actual explanation right there um, for that. And you know, lastly, the painting with Stanley scene. I, I like that. I think it's it, it's it's creepy. Um, like I watched it with my uh, with my son this uh, this past time, who's try, who's tried four or five times to get through this movie and scared enough every time that he quits watching it. But this one he finally got through because it was in the middle of the day. But uh, he 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 hates that painting. It's really disturbing. And you know, I actually read back when this first came out, but the book is actually set in the fifties. You know, so obviously the monsters that scared the kids in the book were more of that time period, you know, like the universal style monsters. Mm. But, uh, but since this time period was shifted to the eighties director, Andy, Andy, uh, Muchinette, Muchetti, however we've decided we say that, um, wanted to actually have monsters of that time period, scare the kids exclusively. He wanted Freddy Krueger being that this was a new line film. And I'm pretty sure that this was the scene that he was toying around doing this with and putting Freddy in. But, uh, he actually decided it was too much of a distraction, which I definitely get that. I would have loved to have seen Robert England cameo there, and it would have been a hell yeah moment. But it it would have, but that's the problem. It would have been a hell yeah moment, and not so much of a kind of disturbing one, which which we got. So I get that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you there. Um, these scenes, first of all, I want to go back to when Beverly is being bullied at the school, and they dumped the trash water on her. How did her dry? Uh, backpack dry so quickly when she goes outside i mean that shit looked like it was brand new that that annoys me a uh, little continuity thing there um but yeah these actors are, are great uh you you got joe dirt jr who's just an absolute douchebag and um <laughs> here's the thing about I called, these two. I, called, I called him joe dirt in my notes too <laughs> <laughs> i mean come on tell me i'm wrong he definitely looked like he came from joe dirt's left testicle you know <laughs> That's the, that's the product of Joe Dirt and Brandy. But um, oh, the thing is about th this group of scenes is that this is where I think some of it could have been trimmed to take off of the total runtime mm -hmm. because there's nothing bad in these scenes necessarily, but we didn't need all of it. And uh, going back to the to the monster, like you said, I do like how, or the, the lady in the painting, the monster that way, I do like how they established very early on that it can take the form of whatever scares the kid. Uh, you know, it, it establishes very early on that it is not just a clown. It's whatever that it manifests itself in whatever fear that person has. And so they did a good job establishing that very on. It's just these scenes, 
there's not a lot of bad to take away. Uh, like you guys said, it's just there's some stuff that could have been cut um, and viewed as fluff or filler. All right, Bill, Eddie, and Richie, they load up on snacks as they head out. Richie offers to kiss Eddie's mom before leaving. Ben is writing a secret <laughs> admirer postcard to Bev. The librarian brings him a book and asks, why isn't he out with friends? It's the history of old Derry. He flips the pages and sees these scary images. He sees a head in a tree, and it scares him, and he slams the book shut. He turns around, and he sees this red balloon floating. He follows it and sees, like, I wrote. A, I just wrote it's a steaming Easter egg, and he follows more of these eggs deeper into the library. He gets to a room with flashing lights and children's laughter. He sees this headless creature, and it chases him now. And then you get a quick flash of Pennywise, and then Ben runs into the librarian. He leaves, and the bullies catch him. Ben cries for help, but the but this car drives right past him, and then we see a red balloon in the back seat in the back glass. Bowers punches him and then starts carving his name into his stomach with a knife. Uh, ben, he kicks Bowers, and he rolls down this hill. The bullies, and they all pursue after him. Uh, Bowers, he can't find his knife, so he sends all the other bullies after Ben. The four boys are searching the sewer pipes, and I wrote, these sewer pipes are big enough just for people to walk in, apparently. I've never seen this before. Uh, Bill <laughs> finds Bill finds a shoe, and they think it might be Georgie's. Stanley and Eddie are real hesitant to go in there. They hear Ben fall down, and they ask what happened. Patrick, one of the bullies, enters a pipe looking for Ben. He hears whispers, and when he lights the flame, he sees these zombie-like beings. He screams and runs, but the entrance is, the entrance is now blocked off. A red balloon is in front of him, and Pennywise charges and kills him. The boys ride into town on their bikes. Bill, Eddie, and Stanley go into a pharmacy to get stuff to treat Ben's wounds. They now meet Beverly. She walks up front to distract the cashier. The boys run out with the supplies. Bill is in a trance when he sees her outside again. And then ben, uh, Bill invites her to come hang out awkwardly. And then I just wrote, Eddie treats Ben's wounds. That's the next two scenes I got. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so right off the bat, you feel sympathy for the character of Ben. Uh, you know, he has no friends. He's a loner. Him and, you know, him and Beverly are a, a lot alike. Uh, so, you, you know, they have that kind of loner syndrome, and they're not quite part of the quote-unquote losers club yet. So I like how we – I like how, the, how this set of scenes gets us there um, as far as story development anyway. I, I – I, so the scene with Ben and the bullies, you know, that – it's almost a tough watch, it, and they, you know, like we said in the yeah. the miniseries, they don't show the, you know, him starting to carve his name into him, and in this one they do. So I like that; it makes it even more emotional. You know, makes you even connect more with Ben. And I like that Ben finally stood up for himself and freaking kicked that asshole Henry Bowers. By the way, that's his new name, that asshole Henry Bowers. Um, so I like how we get them introduced to the four boys and how you know they try to help them and they're building that friendship. And I love, okay, so some of the stuff I don't like, again, there's a lot of CGI, the body that's running after Ben, the headless body, it's, it's done really well as far as how the effect, you know, and how it's shot, I'm okay with, but again, it's, I don't know, there's a lot of like shaky cam there, and they use that a lot, you know, they use that with Patrick the Bully getting killed, or, you know, or where Pennywise is kind of shaking at him, I'm not a huge fan of that, there's a lot of that in this movie, but. I'm willing to forgive it because some of the other great shots we get, like it's not a huge knock on the movie to me, but I like this collection of scenes. It, we get a lot of story development here. 
a lot of Ben and Beverly are now with these other four. You know, they're, they're starting to come together and form their own bond, and I like that. I And I like the pharmacy scene too because, it, again, it shows that Beverly's not, you know, she's not what the, her school reputation is. She's down to help them out. You know, she feels just like they do, like outcasts. And, I, you know, again, I like how they all kind of come together, and that's what these scenes are for. And Patrick the Bully being killed, eh, fuck him because – He's in another show that I didn't like, and he was an asshole in that, and he's an asshole in this, so fuck him. But, uh, but again, a little too much CGI Pennywise. I could use a little bit more Bill Skarsgård uh, and a little less computer animation there. But other than that, I really like these scenes. I get that. Um, you know, the scene with Ben in the library, I, you know, it, it does. It give us, gives us some exposition, like, uh, like Mike said, and some scares. But, you know, Ben... To me, you know, and the good thing about this is, you know, there's there's characters for almost everybody to relate to. You, you're going to at least relate to one of these char- one of these kids that are out there. And uh, to to me, Ben is like the least interesting character in this whole group of kids. Like to me personally, and so when a scene is like just him in it, I, I feel like it it drags on for me a little bit until obviously the headless Easter boy comes into play. But um, you know, but but I love the character development, and and it was necessary, like Mike said. Um, shit, I mean, be, that you're right. That that Henry Bauer scene was a little bit hard to watch. I mean, it's it's is that that's a good thing. Um, being a bully is one thing, but being crazy enough that you're going to carve your name into another kid's stomach. I mean, that just shows. Look, I knew. I mean, I knew a lot of crazy people and kids growing up, running around the woods and whatnot. Maybe I was naive, but I never knew anybody that crazy. Um, you know, the, the scene with. With uh, with the bully Patrick, you know, using the sp- the spray uh, flamethrower was awesome though. Um, little fun fact: I used to actually use that same tactic with hairspray, filming uh, Mortal Kombat movies in the backyard of Scorpion's finishing moves. So don't tell my parents about that, but that's a little fun <laughs> fact. Um, nice. Uh, by the way, gotcha, bitch is exactly what I said yet again. When Patrick lit up that zombie in the sewer. So yet again, thank you, Dustin. And, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I know Mike just said that the CGI kind of bothered him a little bit, but I actually was the opposite. I loved the way that <clears throat> speed up camera tactic they use on yeah. Pennywise when he approaches them. I, I, to me, it's just, it's so inhuman and just fucking like awesome. I, I don't know. I love it. Um, whereas last week I complained about see no evil using the same speed up tactic, you know, poorly. This is a good example of good usage, in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, last little thing, I'll just throw that out there. This whole that creepy pedo pharmacist that hit on Beverly. Yeah. You know what? He really, he really kind of does resemble Christopher Reeve. Rest in peace, Christopher Reeve. But he really did to me. Yeah, I can see that. He definitely had the same like bone structure. So that's yeah, I can see that. And she um, looked just like Lois Lane. Oh Jesus! Mm-hmm. Now, Gross. so on these scenes, uh, here's the thing. I got I got a scorching hot take right here. Uh, we'll start we'll start with the library. Yeah, the character development's nice and all to show what a loser that uh, Ben is. And I don't mean that to be mean, but if you're too big of a loser to even be a part of the losers club, you you suck. Um, so, God damn. Did, did we need did we need that? I feel like we could have scared the shit out of him, you know, a different way without taking up a, a good ten minutes of the film. That could be shaving off of the runtime. Okay, fast forward. Let's say we do need that part because we do want to keep that character development. Art. Here's my hot take. This is going to be unpopular right now. I get it that it's a part of the book, and I get it, blah, blah, blah. 
I would have been okay with him cutting Henry completely the fuck out of this movie. Why do we need two antagonists in this film? We've got Pennywise. We don't need a bully that's going to carve his name into people's stomachs as well. And I, I don't dislike him. I mean, I, I hated his guts, but I don't dislike the fact that he's included in the film. But did we need it? I think that's, that's something fair. that they could have cut to save a lot of time to derive, you know, to drive mo- more of the focus back towards the main group of kids and to Pennywise, because in the end, did he really matter in this film? I know that in the in the second film, blah blah blah, but uh, in the film, in this film, did he really matter that much? Um, and then, I don't think that's courts and hot take. I mean, I could I can see where that I, I could see that for sure. Well, I just figure, you know, there's going to be a lot of purists that hear that and say, no, you can't fuck with the original. Oh, that's that's not a pun intended. Uh, you can't fuck with the book. You can't take such a vital character out, blah, blah, blah. I disagree in this in this point because he does not matter. And he's a douchebag and we don't need him. Um, the The pharmacy scene, I didn't pick up on this the first like two times I watched it. And then the third time I finally noticed that when Beverly is, you know, in the tampon aisle and she starts to walk and then she sees the girl that dumped the trash water on her. I didn't realize that was the pharmacist's daughter because then you hear her say bye, daddy or him say bye something and she say bye too. I didn't realize that. And then later in the film, she's the same girl that's sitting behind the counter uh, being a dick about the, the gazebos. And so I didn't realize that, that was his daughter at the beginning of the film. I didn't I guess I just didn't put it all together. But that was cool to see a little bit of storyline continuity there. And yeah, that pharmacist can fuck all the way off. I hated him more than any character in the book other than Beverly's dad, because pedophilia can get all the way the fuck out. And but this is a this is a great set of scenes. I really like, like you said, uh, the scene where um, Patrick is in is in the the sewer tunnel there and he's got his little flamethrower and he's trying to see where he's going and then he he sees all the zombies coming at him. That's scary as shit. They, this is a film that relies on jump scares for the majority of their scares, and they are done correctly. They're not jump scares for the hell of it by cause a, a cat knocked a, a pitcher of water over in the middle of the night or some bullshit like that. These are jump scares like, oh shit, we got to get out of here. And then when uh, you know Pennywise comes from behind the balloon and comes towards him, I think that was all brilliantly done. I get what you're saying, Mike, about the CGI jerky camera and everything. And like Brian said, I think that if it was done in the way that See No Evil was, it wouldn't have worked for me because they didn't do that to portray how Jacob Goodnight was moving. They did it just as a way to set the tone of the scene. This film does it in a way to show that this is a supernatural being and that's how herky-jerky they move and how fast they can get up on you. And I think that that's, it, it, was re- it came across really well done to me. All right, Dustin, I got to disagree with you about Bowers in this movie. The next movie, how the hell he survives getting tackled down as well, you tell me. Right. But, um, I, li- I like Bowers. Not, you know, I don't like Bowers, but um, I, I personally, I love the scene later he's in uh, when he finds uh, his knife again. That scene yeah. is powerful. Uh, I love the rock wars that the kids have. Well, we'll get to this later. I like Bowers in this movie, though. I got to disagree with you on that. Respectfully. Respect. That's fair. That's fair. I don't. I don't think. I don't think his scenes were what was too long. Honestly, but we'll go into the next two scenes. We'll all break it down more at the very end. Beverly gets home now. Her dad embraces her awkwardly and creepily. 
She goes to the bathroom and she snips her hair that he loves. And I wrote that drain going to be hella clogged. Uh, the boy, <laughs> the boys are in their tidy whities hawking loogies over the cliff into a lake. Beverly shows up and jumps first. <laughs> and then Richie says, we just got shit on by a girl. They jump in and have fun. They now stare at Bev tanning. They find Ben's, you know, postal card and history book, and they admire her new haircut. Ben says Derry is a town like no other he's been in. You're six times more likely to die. They ride their bikes to Ben's house uh, as a woman staples a missing person sign up for Patrick the Bully on the uh, electric pole. Ben has historical pictures all over his wall. He tells them the story of 91 people at a camp disappearing, and the only clue was a trail of bloody clothes leading to the well. Bill asks, where's the well house? All right, now Eddie's walking home alone now and stops when he sees his creepy house. The door flings open and he hears a voice call out his name. He drops his pills and then a zombie-like hobo chases him into the yard of the creepy house. He now sees red balloons and Pennywise, and this visual is freaking awesome, guys. I love this visual. And then you hear Pennywise say, we all float down there. He laughs and disappears. Eddie runs away as the balloons pop. Bev is at home and going through her backpack. A card falls on the ground, and she sees it's a secret admirer note from Ben. She smiles as she presses it to her chest. She hears whispers from the sink. Help me, please. We all float down here. She looks down the drain, then goes to get a tape measure and feeds it down the drain. She brings it back in and is covered in blood. And then this black hair uh, comes up from the drain and it wraps around her arms and like her neck and it pulls her really close. Then blood comes up the sink and covers her, covers her in the room. Her dad walks in asking what's going on and he asks what blood because he doesn't see it. And then he notices her haircut and says she looks like a boy and she starts to cry. Go ahead, Mike. So right off the bat here, you get a lot of good character development with Beverly. And, you know, she is a very complex, interesting character to me. And, and by the way, I want to piggyback off something Brian said. It's not that I think Ben is like super interesting. I just felt, you know, kind of bad for him in a way. So I guess that's why that set of scenes did it for me. But this really is where you start to get, you know, some great, great character development with Beverly when she's cutting her hair off and, you know, she's, you know, she's alone, her dad sucks and all that stuff. So, and the tidy whitey scene, man, first of all, I know Dead Meat James said it, so I'm going to repeat what he said. I don't know if I would take that jump now. Fuck that shit. That is way <laughs> too damn high up. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it's, but it's like we touched on earlier. It is very stand by me coming of age. Like that scene right there is very, very reminiscent of those movies. And I, I really enjoy it. Like, I think it's really well done and the way they're all kind of like oogling Beverly a little bit. It's, it's just kind of funny. You know, it's very, very eighties, very, you know, very coming of age. And I love that, um, man, you get <laughs> this scene with Pennywise is, is like, to me that, 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 that image of Pennywise with the balloon, that is iconic stuff to me. I, I think it's so well done the way, the way, uh, he chases Eddie. And I think that Eddie was the perfect choice to have that happen to. I, I really, I thought that uh, Bill Skarsgård was great there. And, you know, Beverly in the bathroom scene, you know, all that, it, 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 God, her dad is creepy. What, how, okay, I'm sorry. I, I should look this up. How old is Beverly supposed to be in this? They're all supposed to be, I believe, 11 or 12. They're okay, well, every man in this town has hit on her already. Like, this is fucking disgusting. So, and including her own dad. So, uh, you know, all the voices and stuff. I, I, I just, 
Uh, that stuff is creepy. Like I said, this is a very Beverly heavy set of scenes, and for the most part, I enjoy it. Yeah, these scenes are uh, pretty intense. Uh, just showing the the dynamic of Beverly's home life just really will fuck with you, just because it's so gut wrenching. And the the recurring theme is, you know, the bathroom is her safe haven, and that's why when the the bath when the sink attacks her, it becomes even more powerful because it's like that's the place that she always runs to when she's in trouble. That's the place she cut her hair off. That's the place when later in the movie she runs back to the bathroom and then she she's in the bathroom and then it starts attacking her. And so it's like, put yourself in her shoes. Where can you go at that point? That's pretty powerful stuff. Um, the, uh, the, the scene where Eddie is chased into the, uh, the, the yard there. I think that's very well done too, because, you know, like I said earlier, it does a great job of, manifesting in whatever fears that kid has and you know eddie's just a little sickly boy that is afraid of all these germs and afraid of not taking his medicine and afraid of not pleasing his mother and afraid of his asthma attacks and all this that and the other and so then he starts freaking out drops his pills and then as nico so eloquently put it the hobo zombie started chasing him and uh man nico you're good for at least one of those an episode and every time it catches me off guard and i die laughing that was great hobo zombie um but (laughs) (laughs) but no uh and then the scene where you know he he looks up and pennywise is standing there with the upside down pyramid of balloons and that's just man like like you like we said earlier i don't find this to be a scary movie but if you are creeped out by clowns that scene will get you and just the way that, uh, you know, all the balloons pop at the same time and he gets away like that. That's a very tense scene. Yeah. Um, I think that this set of scenes is some of the best in the film as far as the way it's shot and the stories that it tells. Um, I don't I don't have a lot of negative to say the uh, that that bathroom scene really, really takes it home, though, as far as, like I said, just knowing what the bathroom is to her character as far as being her go-to place. And then when it betrays her, it being the bathroom, when the bathroom betray, uh, betrays her and she has nowhere else to turn to, it really, that's, that would be hard on a kid. It's also a disgusting fucking scene. Like it's gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. That whole Beverly Hills home scene. I mean, look, it's disturbing as hell. Like, you know, the miniseries only went with the whole you know, beating aspect. Whereas this one, like, you know, implies a little more fucked up shits going on there for Beverly, which really makes for, you know, a pretty disturbing little sequence of events here. And, you know, again, these kind of scenes are giving you this character development for these people that, you know, books can do because they aren't restricted by time constraints. And, you know, I feel like that this movie can do it so well because it's not restricted to just the one two and a half hour film. And I feel like that if they started cutting this down, scenes like this are going to get the hack. And I, I that to me, scenes like this are my favorite part of this, you know, which is why, you know, this movie took so long to get out of development hell because, you know, every writer and director that left the project, uh, and there were a few, by the way, I mean, they, they had to fight with New Line and, and, and the company that had this because basically, you know, finally conv- and finally convinced them that, you know, it needed to be two movies because they were hell bent on just squeezing it all into one. And, and, and I'm glad and glad they did that. Um, I love the whitey tidy cliff diving scene. You know, it's a per- another perfect example 
of the character development that you're getting to see with these kids, showing this bond they have, you know, not just telling you and expecting you to uh, believe it, you know, like most movies do. And to me, it's this whole group of scenes, you know, it may slow the movie down and make it longer, but it's a welcomed break to me to get, you know, out of the the intensity and 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 watch the bond grow between these kids that you're supposed to believe because that's such a a hard firm part of this whole plot the whole two movies and the whole story arc is their their bond and i feel like that's that's something they have to hammer home and they do um you know the only nitpick and this is the first one i think i've had so far this this review um i don't really like how all the history of it is just like given to you by Ben because he's a nerd and looked it up. You know, I'm not really sure of a fix for that. You know, while, while, you know, in a book, the author can just tell you that, but obviously here they have to have some sort of, some sort of conduit, you know, for that. And they use Ben. Um, I just, I don't know. I never really bought into that for some reason. I agree with you, Brian. I like the fact that they take time to show these kids, you know, being kids, you know, it's summertime. They're not supposed to just be, you know, they're supposed to go swimming and have fun. I, I like that. And it, it makes you, it's really the magical part of this movie. That's, I know Dustin's not really a fan, but that's what made season one of Stranger Things my favorite so far. Right. Even Absolutely. though, even though three had the most action and all that, one was just the magic of those kids getting to hang out was just, it draws you in and it makes you really love the characters. All right, Bill wakes up as water drips from the ceiling. Uh, I wrote he has like a drawing of Beverly, it looks like, beside him. He started. Uh, he grabs a bucket, but he notices a door is open with the light on. It's Georgie's room. He cries, then sees a shadow on the door run off. He follows footprints downstairs into the kitchen. He then sees Georgie in a raincoat and a red balloon running to the cellar. I wrote the cellar is really flooded with water, and he sees Georgie in the corner. Come with me. You'll float, too. And then Pennywise arises from the water and ch- and charges after him. And then Pennywise slithers away. Bev hears the boys and tells them she has to show them something. Richie is outside on the lookout. The boys see the blood-covered bathroom. They start to clean the blood up. Ben goes into her room and sees his card. He then sees Bev and Bill chatting, and he's kind of jealous looking. She says it's not true what they say about her. Bill says he never believed it. And she's a loser now, too, since she hangs with them. Richie says they took too long. Bill tells them the story of seeing Georgie. Eddie saw the clown too. <laughs> Richie says, can only virgin see this? Richie, he brings a lot of the good comedy. They leave <laughs> They leave their bikes in the middle of the road. Let me flip my page real quick. They leave their bikes in the middle of the road to go help out Mike. Mike is getting attacked by the bullies and can see Pennywise. This is a really cool scene too. When Mike, he can see Pennywise in the distance with his arm in his hand like a bloody arm. The losers throw rocks at the bullies and hit them in the head over and over. And then Richie yells, rock war. Uh, The losers win as the bullies run away. The kids are looking at missing people flyers. Ben tells them his research. Every 27 years, Mike says his grandpa thinks this town is cursed, an evil thing that feeds off the people of Derry. Maybe it feeds off what scares us most. Stanley tells of the woman he sees now. None of it makes sense. It's like a bad dream. Mike says he was inside the burnt house on Harris Avenue. And Richie says he's afraid of clowns. And boy, does he got something coming later if he's scared of clowns. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so. All right. 
the scene with uh, uh, Bill C. and Georgie in the basement, uh, again, uh, I like it. I So, I, I want to kind of like contradict myself a little bit here, and I do that from time to time. Yeah, I don't like the overall length of this movie, but you wouldn't... I don't know if, if this would be one of the scenes, but again, you you do you would miss a lot of the character development that kind of makes this movie as good as it is. So I do kind of see that point. Uh, Bill Steen, Georgie in the basement, another example, and, and you know, freaky and creepy and all that stuff. Um, my uh, so my favorite part of of this set of scenes right here is is everything that's happened with the characters. So I guess again, I'm a walking contradiction because. You get everybody kind of talking about their experience, seeing Pennywise, and but I love the way they use Pennywise when they help Mike out. Like I think it is so, it it's creepy, it's perfect. I love it. Um, and again, Bill is great there, and I like you know we're and I I kind of agree with Brian. We're getting a lot of history about it that I don't necessarily know if I need because I'm a little bit more freaked out by the unknown. Why like, why the fuck is this creepy ass clown hanging around? Like that would be a little bit more creepy to me. Than knowing every little thing, like going into town every twenty-seven years and all of that stuff. But again, the rock war scenes and and telling each other about their experiences, it is very Stranger Things, like very fucking. I, I'm into these characters. I love. I really like these kids, and, and you know, it makes it makes a whole lot of sense why Richie, you know, who they casted it in Chapter Two is. It, it, it's fucking perfect, and it goes all the way back to this movie. And you know, Finn Wolfhard again. He almost brings a, a little bit of a Stranger Things vibe because he's on fucking Stranger Things. Like that is kind of you know those two things kind of you know blur the line there a, a, a little bit for me. And so this this set of scenes is what it reminds me of. It, it, it's like a short little episode of Stranger Things, and I and I really enjoy it. Yeah, shit that that scene with Georgie in the basement being used as a puppet. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. Like there's there's a few genuinely terrifying scenes in this movie. Genuinely terrifying. And by God, that's one of them to me. Like it's just so it's such a well done, just fucked up scene. And it accomplishes, I think, everything it sets out to do. Um, you know, actually the rock war you talked about a little bit. They actually uh early on they changed this rock war to a fireworks war, which thank <laughs> God they changed it back. Because I mean, I've had plenty of fireworks wars and I yeah. just don't see I don't see how that would even work there at all. I'm glad they saw that being hit by these big ass rocks. That's much more effective. Um, and look, here's my other nitpick thing. And it's kind of the same thing, but Ben giving the every 27 years thing again, like, can we find a different conduit for these facts to be given to us? Um, you know, this scene is the same thing that I always blast horror movies for doing. They all sit around, they give the exposition to move the story forward. And, you know, I blast, I know what you did last summer, and I blast Scream, and I blast Nightmare, and all of them for doing it, and I'll hit this one up too. You know, it's to me, it's just this lazy writing, and you won't convince me of that, I don't think. I mean, the audience, I think the audience appreciates not being spoon-fed everything so quickly, yes. like this roundtable discussion, you know, and, and you know, that's just, as I like to call it, roundtable discussion, you know. You know, it's not as bad in this, because, you know, there's some random you know it's not just some random scene one time in the movie like you know that they they hit on it a few times to kind of further the story along with it and it's always the same so at least they're consistent with it and you know but so i'm going to be consistent because i i talk shit about it in every other one so i'm going to talk shit about it in this one too um also goddamn stanley talking about the woman he keeps seeing and it's all serious and richie <laughs> says is she hot yeah god i mean that makes me laugh my ass off 
And you know, you talked about Finn Wolfhard, Stranger Things. Look, I love him, Stranger Things. He's basically playing the same character here. Yeah. You know, and and I pray I pray he plays the same character in Ghostbusters three he's in. Which hey, here I'm gonna go off on a tangent. That was supposed to come out on my birthday, but instead it got pushed <laughs> back and Mike hates me enough. Mike hates me enough that he's gonna pick paranormal activity that weekend that I was supposed to get Ghostbusters, so double whammy. <laughs> so anyway, I love, you, I, lo- I love anyway, I love I love Finn, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, so uh, I agree with what a lot of what you said on these scenes. So as far as being spoon-fed the information, you're 100% right. It's lazy writing. I said it when we did See No Evil, how they just, wait, there's a big man with the chain. He had a hole in his head. I thought I killed him. You know, they would just, oh, we automatically assume that that's who it is. I said it in Freddy versus Jason, how, oh, they just magically realized that Freddy's using Jason to get his powers back. I hate it when yes. we do that. Like, just find a different avenue to, to get us there. Like you said, um, these scenes are great, though, except for, okay, Richie is hilarious in this film, and I appreciate his humor. I appreciate uh, the, the way that he ha- he brings some, some lighthearted comments and to break up the seriousness of the film. And then uh, as far as the Rock Wars, though, okay, so he throws a rock, and then he, Richie yells Rock Wars and gets nailed in the face immediately with a rock. That is comedic genius right there. That is well-timed. <laughs> I, that's just like when Georgie runs into the barricade at the front, front of the movie. I take that back every time. I'm like, God damn, that was great. And But <laughs> at the same time, we're going to be watching. Uh, these kids are going to turn into seven or eight little Chris Benoit's. That's a lot of CTE to be handing out uh, on the creek bank there. Throwing big-ass wow. rocks and then just like you get hit with one rock and you're just going to keep going. And then none of these kids seem to favor their heads the rest of the film. Like, damn, I got a headache. No, they're just, what the hell are these kids' heads made out of? But um, <laughs> that, that, I had a problem with that as well. Because if you're, you're going to tell me that you're going to sit there and get hit in the head with a rock at least three or four times, that 10 minutes later, you're not going to be like, shit, my head hurts. Come on. That's just not believable. As, <laughs> if they, as if, you know, Pennywise himself and the whole premise isn't unbelievable enough, that just seals the deal. <laughs> um the the scene in the basement, I think, is very powerfully done because, man, you talk about fucking with Bill's biggest, you know, insecurity in life is the fact that he doesn't know what happened to Georgie, and then here's Georgie in the basement, tugging at the heartstrings. But, to, you know, Dead Meat James, James Janice, he he has a good point on this. If Pennywise has the ability to manifest himself in multiple. Uh, forms at once. Why has he been? Why hasn't he been doing that? He portrays Georgie at the same time that he's coming up wow. out of the water. Yeah. So that w- that's a that's a plot hole there because if he could do that the whole movie, why has he been doing that? Every time you see it manifested, it's only in one form: the hobo zombie or the clown, the uh, painting lady or the clown. The the uh, well, I guess with Patrick in the tunnel too, there was like eight or nine of those weird lepers so i don't know what what's going on there but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense about why he's not or why it's not being more versions of itself at once if that's a possibility but other than that man yeah the biggest gripe i have though is the oh let's just jump to this conclusion that's magically going to be spot on no get out of here with that yeah so one more thing i really wanted to add and it's really quick i think I've been kind of against a lot of the CGI in this movie. I think the way they use it in the basement scene is great. Like, I, I think it, it, it looks really good and it's freaky and it's, 
it's it's genuinely fucking terrifying. So so props to the CGI on that. Yeah, uh, I haven't recovered from the eight little Chris Benoit's yet. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it? Something I said? Who is Chris Benoit? <laughs> No, I, I I agree with you about the headshots with the rocks, but you you went straight for the top, didn't you, <laughs> Chris? What? Come on, when you think of CTE, it's him or Aaron Hernandez. Come on. All right, let's go. To the, let's go to the next scene. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> All right, bear bear with me, guys. This is the garage and uh, the first house scene, so I got a little bit wrote down for this. They all get to Bill's garage. They start a projector and they look at the uh, dairy's like sewer blueprints. All these locations are connected by the sewers. That's where it lives. Eddie says he can barely breathe. The slideshow starts by itself. Zoom ins on Georgie. And then Pennywise appears. Mike kicks the projector over. Then Pennywise comes out of the screen, crawling at them. They open the garage up. They open the garage door up, terrified. It saw us and knows who we are. Bill wants to go to the house. He takes off on his bike and walks into the yard as the others arrive. Bill says he can't pretend this doesn't exist. All he sees at home is Georgie not being there. And I wrote that was a really powerful speech. Uh, every Because he didn't stutter at all. He was very you know firm and, and all that with it. Everyone but Bev is scared to go inside. <clears throat> Richie and Eddie go in with Bill. Richie finds a missing persons flyer with him on it and panics. They hear cries for help upstairs. They see someone on the floor and then drug off. Eddie turns around as he hears his name called. He grabs his inhaler. Another door opens and Richie and Bill's door closes. The hobo appears behind Eddie and he falls through the hole onto a table. Richie goes into another room and then that door closes. The lights flicker and he's in a room full of clowns. A coffin opens that says, found with his flyer on it. He slams it shut and Pennywise charges. Bill flings the door open as they get out. They now see Eddie's head come out of a mattress, want to play loogie, and then like a bunch of like acid like comes out of his mouth and like streams at them. Eddie wakes up and Pennywise comes out of the fridge. I really like this scene. Time to float, Pennywise says. He walks slowly towards him. Richie and Bill turn around and see three doors. It says, very scary, scary, and not scary at all. Pennywise, he taunts Eddie. They run through the not scary at all door and see a woman hanging with no lower torso. Pennywise opens his fangs to bite Eddie. They go through the not scary at all door again because Bill says it's not real and they see Pennywise. And then he says, I'm not real enough for you. He charges at them and Bev stabs him with like a fence spike through his head. Jason Liv style. He laughs at them and cuts Ben with the spike. He then leaves the room. Bill says, don't let him get away. He goes into the cellar and he sees him descend into the well. Richie snaps Eddie's arm back in place. And that's the last part I got for that scene. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so I love the slideshow scene. The way they pull that thing off, is, I freaking love it. It's its different. It's weird. It, 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 make, it gives me an uneasy feeling. And, I, you know, I love the way the kids kind of play off of that. It's fucking freaky. But, they're, you, know, you know, like you mentioned, the speech, he didn't, you know, he didn't stutter, you know, and all that's really well delivered. And he kind of rallies the troops there like a head coach or something. Like, I, I really, really enjoy all of that. Um, and I really, so the scene where they finally go in the house, it, it, I love every bit of that, the way they use the doors, the, you know, scary, very scary, not very scary, all that stuff. I, I love that. And that, the, the, 
you know, the kids in here make this scene to me. Their acting is so fucking good. And, and again, I'm kind of trying to like, you know, I hate to even talk about the horror aspects of this movie that much because the best parts of this movie to me so far are, you know, from, from you know, this last time that I viewed it is the acting by the kids. Like, I love the way they mm-hmm. sell this. They, they're creeped out. And so, again, it's not scary to me, but they're ter- genuinely terrified. And Bill Skarsgård, freaking, and I know it's never going to happen, but for me, his acting in these scenes is top-notch. He, he deserves a fucking Oscar for this shit. Horror needs its own category. That's another topic for another day. But I think Bill is great here. Uh, you know, I'm not reeling for you and, and all of that stuff. The way they shoot these scenes, the house is creepy. I love every bit of this. And and while, you know, what's coming next to me kind of is a lot. Like it takes a lot out away from this scene in my opinion. But I love, you know, just these two right here as a combo pack of set of scenes. I, I fucking love them. Yeah, the, uh, the the slideshow scene is probably my second favorite scene in this entire yes. movie. I, I freaking love it. Um, the cinematography, the quick cuts, the loud screeches, you know, shit, the dark chaos, the whole thing is amazing to me. Um, you know, now, you know, them entering, by the way, this is the house from the animated Monster House. It has to be. It looks exactly the same. It's the first thing I thought of. <laughs> you ever seen the movie Monster House? This is the movie. This is the house. Anyway, <clears throat> the scenes with Richie again are just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Him closing that coffin and then Pennywise busting up and finally giving that iconic, you know, that beep, beep, Richie. You know, that, that it's, I love it. And and the, the not scary at all door being that, you know, it, it just, it cracked my ass up. Which, you know, get, given some of the shit in this movie has shown, it actually wasn't really as scary as my man Pennywise, you know, has given. So he didn't really lie there. But, uh, you know, p- plus, plus, let me say this. It was completely fucked up of Pennywise to claw a man Ben in the stomach again. Because, damn, yeah. that, man is already, that man's already had Joe Dirt trying to carve a jack-o'-lantern in there. Leave that man's stomach alone. Damn. But that's all I have about that little group of scenes. I love the slideshow. Man, that, that scene's just that scene's top-notch. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, this group of scenes, like you guys said, they're phenomenal. That that projector scene, just the how uh, you know they're not doing it, and the scenes just keep... Uh, keep changing and keep changing and then it zooms in on georgie then it zooms in on the mom and then all of a sudden the mom's face changes to pennywise and he comes out of the screen and he's fucking huge uh that that's that's pretty creepy as shit uh that's very well done well shot and then they go to the house which yeah now that you mention it brian i think that you're 100 percent right that has to be the house the house um the uh thing about these scenes is yeah bill skarsgård did a great job when he's coming out of the refrigerator that's creepy as shit when they open the doors though i i you know maybe maybe it's because i'm an adult and i don't know how i would thought at 13 years old or however these kids are but when you see a door knowing all the creepy shit that's going on in pennywise's mind and you see one that says not scary at all scary very (laughs) scary i would go in the one that says very scary because i'm thinking it's got to be reverse right but uh, they open it and it's the girl that is hanging there is the girl that, you know, her mom was at the school earlier looking, wait, waiting for her to come out. And that's the girl whose shoe that they found down in the sewer, which, by the way, when they were thinking that might be Georgie's galosh, come on, that that was a big ass shoe for a, like a four year old, five year old kid to be wearing. But uh, I never I never caught that, man. I did not know that that was that girl. Never caught. That. Yeah. 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 And so that's uh, that's a, that's a good little way to not really 
introduce her character, but just, you know, some callback to something earlier in the film. Um, these scenes are very well done. Uh, I don't have any negatives to say the scene where Eddie comes out of the, the mattress and is like, want to play loogies. And then all that shit comes spewing out of his mouth and out of the mattress. That's brilliant too, because you know, his whole thing is that he's a germaphobe and he's afraid of basically everything in life. And so for all that nasty gunk to be coming out of him is, uh, is pretty fantastic and, uh, pretty gross seeing his arm broken like that. Uh, but overall, man, this, this is this is like I said, this movie does run long, and there are parts that you would want to cut, but nothing in this, nothing in this set of scenes. All right, Eddie's mom says he's delicate, and they did this to him. We were attacked. Bill says, "I don't want a dirty girl like you to touch my son." She tells Bev. Bill Bill says we know where the well is, and we'll be more prepared the next time we go. Stanley says he's insane. Georgie's dead. Stop trying to kill us too, Richie says. Bill punches him out of anger. It wants to divide us, Bev says. Mike says he can't do this, and his grandpa was right. Now we get, you know, just quick cuts of all the kids back to their daily activities, you know, just living life. Now it's August. A cop walks up on Bauer shooting a gun. It's his dad. He shoots at his feet to scare him. Eddie goes to the pharmacy to get his refills. His pills are bullshit, the girl says, and she taunts him for having no friends, so she signs his cast. The other two bullies ask Henry if he's okay. Henry walks to a red balloon on his mailbox. There's a package with a knife he lost. Henry goes inside to his father asleep in the chair. The lady and the kids on TV yell, kill him. He stabs his dad in the neck, and Pennywise appears smiling on TV. Kill them all, they yell. And I wrote that was a brutal death. Now Bev tries to leave but her dad has a padlock on the door. He asks about her hanging with boys all summer long. He then shows her the secret admirer card. He asks, are you still my girl? She yells no, and then she falls down. She kicks him in his balls and then his face and then runs to the bathroom. He kicks the door in, and she bashes him in the head with the toilet lid, Adam from Saul style. Pennywise grabs her by the throat as she tries to leave. Bill walks into Beverly's house, and he sees her dad on the ground. He then sees, you die if you try, written in blood on her wall and ceiling. He runs off and finds Richie at the arcade. He says, it got Beverly. They call Eddie, and he calls his mom out on his bull- on the bullshit pills. He runs out on his mom. All the kids show up to the house equipped, and then Eddie chunks his fanny pack. And the next uh, few scenes are the ending. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so... A lot of okay, so when we talk about stuff that I think could be cut, some of the stuff with uh, you know, the the and I know it's character development, but just for the sake of time, the Bill and Richie fight, Eddie's mom picking him up, and I know you know Eddie's mom kind of plays into the whole thing in the second movie because I go up to marry your own mother, all that stuff. Like, I get some of that, but some of that can be cut. Like, there is it's just it runs a little long for me. I like Bev attacking her dad in the shower. You know, I am fine with that. But even the scene where Henry, you know, where Henry Bowers uh, kill, you know, kills his dad and the cop, I, I, I don't care. And it, it could just be me, but I don't care as a movie watcher, uh, as someone who's thoroughly enjoying this movie so far. Like this is something that I would cut. It's a subplot to me that isn't that needed. And like uh, the, the Dustin mentioned, it's a second antagonist, and I just don't feel adds anything. Like, if you're going to have one, I feel like it needs to be a little more important, a little more, you know, 
uh, highlighted and and it doesn't happen for me here this scene that just doesn't click with me like i don't care about henry bowers and his dad and all that um and you know i like i like that it you know it gets beverly and that's how the group comes back together i like all that and i don't necessarily feel like you need to have some of the earlier stuff that that came before it to set that up. I, I don't know, or maybe just went through it a little quicker or something. There's just a lot. And even when Eddie calls his mom out about the pills and all that, again, it's kind of a plot that I don't really care about just for the sake of time. Like it's interesting, but for the sake of this movie's running long, I'm looking at my watch. Like we need to kind of move this along. I would have cut a lot of that out. And ju- just have Bev attacking her dad. Just have the group kind of come back together for the sake of Bev, you know, have the time go by and all that. That's fine. But, you know, some of this other stuff just kind of feels like fluff. What we're about to get saves it. But the stuff right before this ending, I'm not a huge, huge fan of. So, um, you know, this is this is what I was talking about earlier a little bit where, you know, the book has Bauer's father, you know, being like a crazy, abusive and super racist, you know, a guy, a farmer, I think. Um, but, you know, it's almost to the point where it, no, it definitely to the point, I think, where you feel a little bit of sympathy for Bowers. You know, even though he's a psychopath, it, you kind of understand where he's coming from when you get those scenes of his father being crazy abusive, you know, kind of like you do with Bev um, earlier. And, you know, it's, you know, whereas, you know, in this movie, it's almost like the writers didn't want you feeling any sympathy for Bowers, you know, like at all. And, I mean, shit, I mean, I would beat my kid, too, if I caught him doing half the stuff Henry is doing. But you didn't really see that in the movie. So, again, you know, Henry, Henry just like comes across, even though, you know, even more like a a psycho, you know, just just killing him like this. And, And I think I think, you know, Dustin may hit on this, too. Like he may be right in the fact that, I mean, if you're not going to give him the full character development that that he needs, because he does, you know, we don't need just another crazy psychopath per- bully killing people, but I would love to see more of him being like a sympathetic bad, you know, like you understand why he's kind of gone this way, you know, whereas the people in the losers club have, you know, gotten bullied and, and, you know, like Bev, you know, gotten, gotten, uh, abused, but she didn't go the, the route that, that Henry took, you know, he, he went the, he went the other way. And, you know, that, that's interesting. That's interesting character development to, to me that we didn't get. Um, I mean, shit, you know, even Rob Zombie, Michael Myers had a pretty good reasons for, you know, doing his mom's boyfriend like he did. Whereas I don't feel like the movie gave me enough, you know, reasons why Henry would do something like that. So that's, that was, I mean, the scene, Nico is right. The scene's great. It's very like, holy shit. Like, you know, putting that up to him and just clicking the button. That's pretty that that's pretty crazy, you know, but you know, it's just, that's my whole complaint with the whole arc of, of, of Henry. And so I think that, I think Dustin may, may have hit a nail on the head if that's the route that you're going to take. And, you know, obviously we've gotten plenty of backstory on Beverly's dad though. So, you know, you're, you're definitely rooting for her during that whole ass kicking. So I guess, I guess I just, that's my whole little problem with the whole scenes. I felt like it was missing a little bit of something and knowing that backstory and knowing the stuff that they didn't put in the movie, it kind of is missing a little something. Yeah, no, I agree. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, the the film in its current incarnation is just it's a touch long, and when you look at what can cut out a hell of a lot of time, it's this meaningless character that kills his father. We don't see his dad being a dad, a bad dad. We see him being a stern dad. 
we see him go a little bit overboard when he shoots the gun at, at you know, his his son's feet like that to scare the shit out of him. But we don't see him being an abusive father. And so there's no reason to have uh, that little douchebag sociopath stab his father like that and even be in the film. Uh, like like you said, the, the fight scene probably could have been shortened or taken out altogether between Richie and Bill. Um, I do like, like I said, when Eddie goes back to the pharmacy, I said this earlier, I didn't realize that that was uh, Greta, who was the girl that dumped the trash water on Bev. That's her father's pharmacy. When she tells him it's the placebo pills, I laugh again. This is one of those things that gets me every time I watch this movie. When Eddie tells his mom about the gazebo pills, like <laughs> that, this, that's funny. It's funny as shit. Um, he, you know, Greta is such a bitch too. Right and loser on the cast like that. What a what a bitch. Um, but yeah, these these scenes just I really could do without Henry altogether. Um, Bev's dad is, I, I don't want to watch those scenes because it's uncomfortable, but I wouldn't have cut those out because I feel like it's very necessary to show the evil uh, that he is. And then even later on when, you know, not to jump ahead in scenes, but when Bev doesn't really have any fears of Pennywise, what does he manifest himself as? Her father. And so uh, I think that's necessary storytelling as far as the, the plot and uh, script goes. It's just, Man, fuck that little redneck with the mullet. <laughs> All right, here's the ending, y'all. Stanley doesn't want to go inside, but Bill says we have to stay together or be killed individually. They walk to where the well is. Bill descends into the well. Now we see Beverly on the ground. She gets up and hobbles through the sewer. She sees all the floating bodies. She hears a music box. Then we see Pennywise do his dance. She tries to run off, but he grabs her by the throat. She says she's not afraid. You will be, he says. He opens his mouth, and her face goes blank as she sees the light in the back of his throat. Mike is attacked by Bowers before he can descend down the well, and then Bowers pulls the rope out of the well. Bowers gets on top of Mike, and he presses that bolt gun to his head. Mike pushes him off and then tackles him, and he falls down the well. Stanley hears a voice and then sees Pennywise. They realize he's gone, and they look for Stanley. He looks around, then is attacked by the woman on the painting. They find the woman on top of Stanley, but it's actually Pennywise, and he ha- he's almost got his head bit off. He has those giant teeth marks on his face. Bill runs off when he sees Georgie run down a tunnel. Bill finds Bev's body floating. He leaves when he sees Georgie run around a pile of trash again. The rest of the guys find Bev's body floating and pull her down. Her face is blank, and her eyes are glazed over. Ben kisses her, and she comes back. And they give. They all have a big group hug. Georgie asks, what took you so long? Take me home. I love you, Billy. And then Bill, he shoots Georgie with the bolt gun. The body convulses and it becomes Pennywise. Kill it, they all yell. And then he pounces on Bill. They all jump on Pennywise. They all jump on Pennywise, but he gets a hold of Bill. I feast on your flesh as I feast on your fear. Bill tells them to leave. I don't want to die, Richie says. Then he grabs a bat and he attacks Pennywise. He tries to stab Mike with like his spider legs. They all take turns hitting Pennywise. And then he turns into Bev's dad and then she rams a steel beam down his throat. He didn't kill Beverly because she wasn't afraid. Bill says none of them are. Pennywise, his head like dissolves and then he falls down a well. Bill hugs Bev and they notice 
all the kids start to float down. Bill finds Georgie's raincoat and cries, and they all hug him and comfort him. September. They're sitting like all in a field talking by that lake or river. Beth says she can only remember parts. Her dad's dead. They're all older. She only remembers how they felt. Bill says to swear if it isn't dead, they'll come back and kill it. And they all do a blood oath. They grab hands and form a circle. Stanley says, I hate you, and smiles as he leaves. Beth tells Bill she's going to her aunt's and never felt like a loser. And then Bill chases her down and kisses her. She grabs him and kisses him, and she says bye, and she walks off. And that's the end of the film, guys. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so I, uh, first of all, just as a collection, I, I really enjoy most of this ending. Like, I, I think the way it's shot, the way, you know, the, you know, the acting of the cast, and I think Bill Skarsgård is great here, and, and, and all of that. Um, I, you know, again, there's some bad CGI to me, and I, God, I feel like I'm, I, I know I'm nitpicking, and I feel like I should just be able to remove that and enjoy the movie as it is, but. There's some bad CGI here. When the 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 lady in the painting is, you know, is basically eating, you know, the kid's head, and and I I'm kind of taken out of that scene. Like it doesn't now the way that he sells it after the fact, you know, with the teeth marks and stuff. I think that's really well done. But some of that is just like uh, it's just a CGI. It doesn't do it for me. But there, you know, there's some good CGI here too. It's not all bad. The way that you know the kids are floating around and stuff. I, I think all that's really well done. Um, and I, you know, I, I like how they get Beverly down there. I like how she's frozen and, and, and Ben's the one that gives her the kiss and all that stuff. Um, so, okay. I, I, I don't know why we, I feel like we almost involve Georgie a little too much here at the end and how he turns into Pennywise. And I'm not a fan of this Pennywise spider thing or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I'm just not a fan. It doesn't do a whole lot for me, but, uh, I, I like that they all fight Pennywise together and I, I, you know, we knew we were getting a chapter two, so him falling down the well like that's not a big thing with me. But again, I like the way it's shot. I like the way they do this, um, and I like the kids here. Um, and I like, I like the blood oath and all that stuff. And I think it's very, again, we talked about it a lot in the show. It's very '80s movie, Stand by Me, you know, all that stuff. It, it, it has a lot of that going on. Uh, but I don't like that Bill and Bev are the ones that end up kissing. But that's okay. That's remedied in chapter two. So, uh, all in all, I, th- I think it's really well done. Yeah, one thing they don't really cover much in this is that, you know, I kind of wish that they did a little bit more. Um, it, here I am, you know, packing more onto the movie. But, you know, the, the the deadlights aspect, like, yes, I mean, it showed that seeing the deadlights is what gave Beverly her premonitions. And, yes, it's a little inconsistent, even in the book. But it's supposed to be like Medusa, where, like, seeing them is enough to, like, drive you mad or kill some people or and, – and, or, and it's not something that Pennywise like controls. So the deadlights are actually like Pennywise in what I read was it's 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 as close to his true form as he can appear on Earth. And you know, again, that's what I was talking about in the opening. You know, where the explanations of some of this stuff is maybe a little too sci-fi-ish and takes away from the scariness factor of the unknown. But you know, I, I, I that's one aspect I kind of would have maybe liked to have seen a little bit more of. Um, but you can, yeah, I'm glad they cut that damn turtle out and, you know, we can talk about that a little bit more in the second one, but you know, there was actually a deleted scene showing, uh, Bowers killing the other two bullies, stabbing them to death as well. And, you know, I liked Mike being the one to take down Henry. You know, I'm not a fan of him coming back in chapter two and we can get into that next week. And I actually wasn't going to spoil that, but I think Nico already said something about it. So if, if you haven't watched it, man, spoiler alert, um, 
Henry comes back. But all right, so let's talk about this book scene. So in the book, the Losers Club, like they defeat Pennywise, they get lost in the sewers, and then like realize they can't escape without being quote unquote unified. And so Beverly decides the way to unify them all is that she needs to have sex with all six of the boys. They do that, and then suddenly one of them remembers the way out. I mean, like, thank God Andy Machete decided to just skip that scene entirely, because I don't even know how you would do that in 2020, for one thing. And, you know, I'm I just have them be outside. I liked how they just did that. And look, you know, I, I kind of get King's intent from that. You know, he wanted to, you know, do something, you know, defining them into, you know, adulthood, like Stand By Me that you've mentioned so many times. But that's just... Come on, King. I mean, like, in his defense, he's commented as saying, quote, I think it's fascinating <laughs> to me that there has been, you know, so much comment about that single sex scene and so little about the multiple child murders. That must mean something, but I'm not sure what, end quote. You know, that's an interesting way to look at it, I guess. But, I mean, come on. I don't think that those two things are any way at all. I mean, I don't know. that. I'm glad that they cut that out. Let's just say that. I don't think this would have been the movie that it is with it in there. And I'm glad they didn't include it. Um, on a, on a sad note too, like look, that scene with with Bill and Georgie, like for real, admittedly, makes me tear up every time. Like that's yeah. a very like strong yeah. and powerful emotional scene for me. Like when he and you know, and then he finds this Rance raincoat, and I get Mike, you know, saying that there's maybe a little bit too much Georgie, but that was a very powerful like for oh, me yeah. personally. Yeah, no doubt. So, no. It really hit me, and I like that they had that scene in there. And, you know, when they're all together hitting Pennywise, you get this, like, that whole strong sense of bond and togetherness with that whole thing. It almost, like, gives you a little bit of goosebumps. Like, oh, shit, you know, like, it really amps me. It amped me up, anyway, watching it again this time. And, you know, you don't get that same bond with the next one. You know, we'll get into that next week. But you're not supposed to, I don't think. And, you know, shit, like, look, just in, I, I just, I love this movie, and I can't wait to give my rating for it. Yeah, so I agree with a lot of what you said there. I, I do. Uh, first of all, Henry going after Mike and, and saying the the shit about how he gets teary eyed every time he passes by that old house, all the ashes, because he's just sad he wasn't the one that burned it down. Like fuck you. Like that's another reason I wish he wasn't in this film. Just what a prick. Um, the and then like you said though, Nico, the way that he takes a, a spill down the well there, and then he's magically perfectly fine to be in the second one. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, the The way that... I, I got to disagree with you a little bit, Mike, because uh, which, what you said about um, too, maybe too much Georgie, I viewed it as, here it is, we're getting the thick of things, it needs to eat. And so it's pulling out all the stops, trying to make uh, uh, Bill as vulnerable as possible so that he can he can, he can get some food in his belly because it's almost time he's almost got to go away and so that that's how I took that that's the that's the reason to me there was so much not just George in that final scene but so much over the top everything I mean you saw him right. change the the painting lady the spider leg thing whatever the fuck that was all that right. stuff and that, that's how I took that um, the dancing scene will forever be hilarious to me because <laughs> of all the videos that were going around Twitter people just dubbing any song under the under the sun to that video. And so I've forever got those memories. Um, poor Ben, man. Ben's the one that's like freaking out. Ben's the one that kisses Bev and says, Hey, please don't go. You know, saves her life. Essentially. She opens her eyes, says, 
January embers because she realizes it was him. And he says, I, I cried there too, or whatever the rest of the thing was. And then what she do immediately after she hugs Bill. Womp, womp, womp. Man, that, that was that was a big old kick in the friend zone nutsack there, my pal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as far as the final scenes. Now, when this film was completed, the uh, sequel hadn't been greenlit yet officially. And so that being said, had we not known, had I not known, because I didn't see this movie till after, well, it was closer to the second one coming out. Um, had I not known that the sequel was coming out, I wouldn't have been satisfied with this ending, honestly. Uh, it was I like the conclusion that we get in the second one better uh, than this one as a standalone. But that being said, it doesn't take away from the film. Uh, I, I agree with you, Brian. I can't wait to give my rating. I'm very high on this film. Like I said earlier, this is probably my favorite adaptation of a Stephen King uh, novel outside of The Shining because I don't count it because there are so many differences between his vision and Stanley Kubrick, uh, the great Stanley Kubrick. Um, but the great Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> That's right. But no, great Stanley Kubrick. I, I heard that, Brian. I completely... I completely and 100% I 100% agree with you though Brian I am glad that they left the the orgy out we don't need that shit we don't there's enough kids fucking in the real world I don't need to see it on the television screen uh it's just it it wouldn't have made sense like that's a that's a dumb thing anyway like that just that's that's how that that to me is almost like the lazy writing of oh this is how we figure it out so, oh, we're just going to have a seven-person gangbang, and now we're going to remember how to get out of this cave. No, fuck that. Get out of here with that. Um, as the film stands currently, it's damn near flawless, other than the flaws that I mentioned, which is still pretty damn good. Yeah, definitely. Beverly, I'm home. All right, just kidding. Uh, y'all ready to jump into fun facts? Sure. I just have, I just have a few uh jackson robert scott georgie is the youngest in the movie and stated that he wasn't as scared of pennywise as he thought he would be he said he actually had fun time doing his scenes and that bill skarsgård was always joking around bill skarsgård did research into the psycho universe to find his own way to perform pennywise he got inspiration from the shining a clockwork orange the great stanley kubrick the dark knight and the silence Uh, of the lambs bill had audition and Orange. He has not even seen Gargoyle Orange. Hey, 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 hey. I worry about all that. Bill has Bill had an audition in Hollywood for the role of Pennywise. This required him to wear clown makeup to the audition. He proclaims, there was something kind of humiliating and absurd about the whole thing. I'm an actor auditioning in Hollywood, and I'm driving with clown face on. It's kind of a metaphor for what the profession of acting feels like. Uh, the teeth prosthetics that Bill wore as Pennywise made him drool profusely. Director Andy Machete like this as that the drooling adds on to the ravenous nature of Pennywise. And the the film is the highest grossing of Stephen King adaptation film to date. If anybody else has fun facts, go ahead. All from IMDb. I got a few. Yeah, go ahead, Dustin. So, uh, Skarsgård's teeth prosthetics made him drool in real life, which, uh, the director loved because it made him, uh, added to Pennywise's ravenous nature. And so all the, the drooling effects that you see on the screen is pretty realistic because he was drooling because of the, the fake teeth. Uh, this film was shipped to theaters under the code name Pound Foolish, which is an opposite of Penny Wise. So that, that's pretty, pretty funny and clever there. Huh. Um, in Germany, 
after the film played in theaters, there was a message that was shown on the screen that, that read, the moral is never trust a clown with a Burger King logo. And this was done to tease their rival McDonald's. And it left, uh, left the audience is pretty, pretty confused, but it was, it was a uh, pretty clever <laughs> marketing by <laughs> pretty clever marketing by Burger King there. Um, the first teaser trailer had over 197 million views in 24 hours, which broke the previous record of 139 million by the fate of the furious uh, chosen Jacobs who played Mike in this film. He also was a recurring uh, recurring character on Hawaii five Oh, which stars Scott Kahn, who, oh, Scott Kahn was in Ready to Rumble with David Arquette. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Wait a minute. I thought we halted that. That one came out of nowhere. That one came out of nowhere. I like it. <laughs> the last thing that I have is Nico touched on it earlier. Yeah, the uh, the coincide with the – and I got this from IMDb as well. Uh, to coincide with the 1989 primary setting, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 – Dream Child is featured on the movie Marquee, Marquee and the director uh, revealed in an interview that Freddy Krueger was considered as a fear for one of the Loser Club members to have him be what it manifests as to scare the shit out of the kid. However, it was ultimately scrapped out of not feeling right and wanted to stick to the trauma and childhood fears without staying too meta. So I know that uh, at least three of us would have would have liked a little bit more meta in this film, but it, it's fine just the way it was. Oh, and the la- actually, I do have one more. The uh, scene where uh, they're they're in the house and he opens the door and there's all those clowns in there. Eddie, Eddie's uh, was that Eddie Richie? Richie's in the room with all the clowns. Uh, One of the clowns is actually looks just like Tim Curry's portrayal of it of Pennywise from the uh, 1990 miniseries. And so, if you look when he's facing the back of the room where that casket opens up on the left side of your screen in the floor there. There is the original Pennywise right there. Mike, you got any feedback? I did not know that one about Freddie. I I didn't find that when I looked. Uh, You guys pretty much mentioned all I had, so I'm I'm just going to kind of play my role here and go straight up box office. So, you know, you mentioned it already, Nico. It's the highest grossing Stephen Keen adaptation of all time. Uh, By the way, this movie came out in uh, 2017. That's like, what is it, like the second newest movie we reviewed outside of Halloween, right? So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Budget was thirty-five million dollars, and it made seven hundred one point eight million dollars. So pretty, pretty nice. Uh, pretty uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get jump into ratings and all that, we did have two quick questions on the Facebook page, and we really appreciate the questions. Um, Michelle, she asked, "Do you like the book, the original miniseries, or the remake the best?" Well, I've only seen the remake, so I'm gonna go with the remakes. Brian, uh, what do you like the best? I've seen, I've, I mean, I've seen both uh, movies, well, the miniseries and the movie, and I've read the book. And honestly, I think this is the best because it takes the 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 it, it had the benefit of coming later, so you know it got to pick and choose a little bit of what would work from the book and what wouldn't, and you know what did work from the miniseries. And I I, I like this the best. Dustin. Yeah, I haven't read the book. Um, I've read parts of it, but I haven't read the whole thing. I have seen the miniseries. I own it. I own this movie as well. Uh, based off what I know, this one is 100% the best in, the best version of it. And it's rare to say that a movie be better than the book. I can't accurately say that because I haven't read the full book. But based on what I know and what I've heard other people say, yeah, this, this one. Mike? 
yeah, I tend to agree with Brian where I, I, I've read the book, I've seen the miniseries, and I've seen this movie. I definitely think that this version is the best adaptation, but it's basically because in the quote, the, uh, the great Hannah Montana, you get the best of both worlds. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. We got one more quick question. Miley Cyrus quote. All right. Sean asked us Was Bill Skarsgård or Tim Curry better? I haven't seen the miniseries yet, so I'm not going to pick. I'm just going to go off of the look. I think Bill's look is way better than Tim's. I'll go with that. I know a lot of the miniseries fans think Tim Curry is great, which I'm sure he is. Uh, Bill is great as well, but I'm just going to go based off just the look since I haven't seen the miniseries yet, but I like Bill's look way better. Uh, Brian, which, uh, which one's better, Bill or Tim? Yeah, I'm definitely going to go Bill as well. And I love, I, I mean, I really, Tim Curry's, I look at that thing's got its place. I said at the beginning, um, and it's not anything against it. Um, I mean, if you'd have put, uh, Tim Curry here as in, in this movie, I would have, it would have been interesting to see how he would have done. Obviously that couldn't have happened, but um, you know, it's, uh, but I, I like, I like Bill's better. Dustin, Bill yeah. or, or Tim? Yeah, I got to agree. And like, you know, I don't want to keep saying the same thing over the, as you guys, but this is not a slight to Tim Curry at all because that's a classic iconic performance. And right. I don't dislike the original miniseries, um, but take it for what it is. Bill Skarsgård just absolutely owned it and killed it. It's one of those, to me, it's like a Heath Ledger Joker performance as far as his commitment yeah, to it yeah. and his, his, the way he delivered. So I was a uh, hats, hats off to Bill Skarsgård for this. Yeah, he suffered, you're, you're he, he suffered a lot of the, you know, mental right. struggles yep. that, you know, during the filming and afterwards too. So he definitely dove into the character uh, Mike Tim or, or Bill. Yeah, I'm going to go Bill. And it's basically a mix of what they both just said right there, except, you know, and I agree with you, a very dark role, a much better role, more serious role. You know, Tim Curry was kind of not played for jokes, but a little bit more over the top, a little bit more campy, you know, uh, and it, it was of its time and it has its place. And I think he does a great job, but I think Bill Skarsgård is just, he, he knocks this thing out of the park. He's great. That's why I said, if I were, you know, batting for the other team, I'd have him call me sometime. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing wrong and with really, admitting a man's handsome. Nothing wrong with it. That's right. He's a handsome son of a gun. <laughs> All right, y'all ready to jump into favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Right, who wants to go first? I'll go first and all set right. the tone. Let me do this. Okay, go ahead, Brian. All right, so, uh, all right, so my favorite kill is um, it is Georgie. Basically, I think just because of the um, I, maybe and maybe it's it's cheating a little bit because of the um, it gets talked about and messed with so much throughout the whole movie, it keeps replaying in your mind, but that set the tone for the whole movie. And so that, that was my favorite one. Um, even though you didn't see it happen. And on the flip side, my least favorite kill is Henry's because, you know, he kind of wanted to see it happen him just getting kicked down the well. I was, you know, and, and I know he's not technically dead, but in this one, you know, you're assuming that he's dead. So I count it as a kill or anyway. And, um, uh, my rating is a 10. I'm giving this thing a 10. Love it. Woo! Um, there's, there's been, there's been like, you know, I, there's maybe been two other movies I rated a 10. And this is one of them. I love it. Wow. Holy smokes. I, hey, so I'll, Brian, I'll, go ahead, that's, Mike. That's, uh, what is that? Yeah, Silence of the Lambs, It, and... Seven. I can't remember the other. Seven. seven. Uh, sorry. Seven. 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 Three tens. Look at you. 
Well, check, well, check this out. Our favorite kill <laughs> is I'll pick Bauer's dad just because that scene was great to me. Uh, I thought it was really powerful. I love the uh, I love seeing Pennywise on the TV with that evil, evil smile as he done it. I thought that was awesome. Georgie's death was great. I think the scene was great. I don't know if his death was great because you just see his arm bit off and him drug under. You got to use your mind more. But it's it's a great scene. My least favorite kill was Patrick, the other bully in the sewer. It was just Pennywise jumping on him. You didn't really see it. And and I'm 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 right there with you, Brian. I wrote down a nine point five. Then I wrote a ten. Then I changed it to a nine point five. So, but I settled on it. This movie's. I gave it a ten. Uh, Let's go. The only con, the only con that I have is you kind of feel the runtime, but it's not too bad, honestly. Uh, my pros were I love Skarsgård as Pennywise. I love the cast of the kids. You get the Goonies and Stand By Me vibes. Uh, opening scene with Georgie is incredible. Probably a top five horror scene for me. Opening scene. Uh, you feel the emotion and connection between the kids at the end with the group hug. And and one more time, Skarsgård as Pennywise is amazing. This movie is great. I really couldn't find I really couldn't find anything I didn't like. Look at these two. All right. I'll, I'll go next. Let uh, Brother Dustin go last here. So uh, my favorite kill is Georgie, like Brian said. And it's basically just because how impactful it was and how great that scene is. It's really hard to beat. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. So I definitely go with Georgie. My least favorite. I, I So I don't really have a least favorite. So I'm going to go. What What was that bully's name? Patrick in the cave. That was probably it. Like I, yeah. I, I didn't really remember that. It's kind of an irrelevant kill there. Um, so... Overall, I, you know, I kind of said it in my opening thing where I really, really enjoy this movie. It's really long. It's not chapter too long, which will bring the, that score down quite a bit. But it, it, it is long. I pointed out some flaws. There's a little too much CGI for me. I'm a, I'm a fan of, of practical effects, but very enjoyable. Love this movie. I love the acting. I love, I love all the acting in this movie. I don't think there's a single poorly casted character, so that really helps. Directing is great. Cinematography is great. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nine. I give it a nine, not a ten. I couldn't go ten. A little too long to go ten. Uh, but uh, the acting and the characters is what really makes this movie not scary, but a really good movie. Yeah. So uh, as far as favorite kills, you know, it, it's basically got to be Georgie, right? I mean, just the way that it sets the tone, it pulls at your heartstrings from the get go. Because, like I said earlier, he's such a cute kid that you really just you fall in love with this character immediately like he's part of your family and because uh, he's so innocent and so sweet and uh, he deserved better. Although, is it really a kill? Because like you said, we didn't see the kill. Which brings me to my next topic. My least favorite kill is a tie between uh, Henry's dad because what I said <laughs> earlier, I don't think he deserves to be in the movie like I could have done without that. But as far as the scene, it was a good scene. But uh, it's a tie between that and all the other kills because they're all off camera. That's that's yeah. my biggest beef with this is for the uh, you know s- scary elements that we have in this film. They could have done more as far as the kills go. Just, you know, you don't have to go all gory with it and just make it a blood fest, which you did that in the bathroom scene. But uh, you don't really see any kills on screen. You see Betty rips and you know half of her body you see her torso hanging from the chains there but you didn't see her die and she was screaming so was she even dead uh so i it's hard to pick a least favorite kill i guess is what i'm saying but that being said it doesn't take away from the film 
I agree with Mike. I'm going to go with the nine. I think that uh, this film is phenomenally done. It's one of the best movies. I'll put this movie up against uh, pretty much anything we've reviewed. It's a movie that I will watch anytime that it's on. I don't mind. And like you said, the the runtime is the only thing that kept it from being a little higher because everything else was phenomenal. So uh, overall, we give this film a 9.5, though, which is pretty damn good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, wow, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say, guys. Uh, I, I really enjoyed. I mean, like I said, the first time I watched it, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't all in in my viewing. This time I was because you have to be to take notes on it, and I, I loved it because, you know, I, I, I'm a self admitted I love Stranger Things, and I got a lot of, you know, it made me think of Stranger Things. I can't say it got vibes from there because, good God, Stranger Things takes stuff from everything from the '80s, I think. But right, and uh, and it had Finn Wolfhard in it. You know, I like Mike too. So, but I love the I love the cast of kids. The kids really they suck you in, and you really I, I'm I'm a fan. Anybody got any final thoughts before you get out of here? Yeah, I just wish Beverly had looked at 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 uh, at, at Finn Wolfhard and said, "I dump your ass." Oh, sorry. Here's <laughs> <laughs> a things reference. You're welcome. I dump your ass. I dump Anybody final thoughts before we get out of here? I'm good, good man. No. All right. Uh, like we said, next week we're going to be doing it chapter two. Whew. Uh, if y'all thought this was a long one, <laughs> well, we're, we, we're talking about maybe changing up our uh, film review for next week just to shorten the runtime a little bit, but I'm really looking forward to breaking that film down as well. That will be the newest film that we reviewed once we do that one. Uh, we really appreciate all the support. We tried out a new audio uh, platform tonight. I hope it sounds great. Hope y'all like it. And we really appreciate all the support, guys. Y'all have a good night. Don't go out there.com. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.